It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on? It's been a while, right? It feels like we haven't potted in a long time. It's been it's like it's been about a week. Yeah, so uh, it's it's good. Um, you know, I final, finalized plans for uh, training camp. I think I figured mm. out what days I'm going down there and and what we're gonna do coverage wise and it's get, it's things are getting real it's it's starting to actually start to come together so i'm excited i was going to tease our training camp shows but you just kind of let the cat out of the bag but you're going to be down there for <laughs> at least a few days uh doing some shows there'll be a couple with me there'll be a couple with some with a special guest host uh but i'm looking forward to that i, I i'm really excited i'll be i'll be on vacation when you're giving us the pods and i'm, I'm really excited to hear all the, the good stuff coming out of Cowboys training camp. It's always um, great, every year. Yeah, I mean, it's we always get a lot of interesting nuggets. and uh, I remember last year, just like some of the stuff that we got out of, like Cole Beasley was being used outside as a receiver, and that ended up kind of coming true. You know, we saw early in the season with the Cowboys really relying on Beasley a lot. So you just get some some really interesting nuggets from, from you guys being out there. So... Uh, we're actually going to talk a little bit about training camp today. We're going to talk about some storylines that we are interested in uh, as the Cowboys get ready for camp in, what, two weeks now? Is it three weeks, two weeks away? Uh, the 29th is the first date. So, yeah, what's that's uh, 19 uh, days. Than, it's a little less than yeah, three weeks. It's coming right that's up. soon. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into some storylines. The, the very first one that popped in my mind when I was kind of thinking of the things I want to, I want to know and want to hear about is Kellen Moore's offense. Mm. Uh, we really have no idea what it's going to look like. Uh, we know it's going to be very different compared to Scott Linehan's, but kind of what are you expecting to see, Landon, and what do you think uh, we're going to see from uh, Kellen Moore in the next couple weeks? Well, I, I mean, I think I think it's going to... I think we got to be careful on what our expectations are here because I think it's going to look different, but I don't know that it's going to look so different. I think what the difference is going to come in the way it's deployed, right? In exactly how, how, how they're, you know, there may be some formational difference. Maybe he kind of takes some of the Chris Peterson uh, thought process of splits. Peterson has some pretty wild ideas about splits. Uh, his former coach at Boise State, his, yeah, mm. I think he uses uh, not even just splits, but depth off the line of scrimmage. Like he really likes to play right. with the depth that the players that are all, that are not online. Uh, are playing at so kind of H back depth and like it, it, you know, so he plays with a lot of stuff like that. Um, 
I think that likely what you know what how it will manifest itself really is, you know, like I think there's levels to it, right? If it's a small level of change, it will be I would hope for at the least a lot more motion, uh, a little bit different personnel groups, um, you know, maybe uh, a stronger mix of. 10 personnel, 11 personnel on first and second down. Um, you know, just I think using more formations and then using them kind of a little better strategically. I, I, I'm hoping that that's the the very the very minimum. If 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 they're redoing the offense completely, we could see a little bit more like what I talk about. You know, players kind of lining up in interesting uh, depths off the line of scrimmage. You know, things like more H back usage and, and and just kind of getting getting the players into better opportunities to make plays and, and actually uh, listening to what the players are, are saying when they're coming off the field and, and making uh, uh, adjustments in that manner that, that kind of help accentuate either the players individual strengths or the in-game matchups that the players are realizing are mismatches in their favor. Um, so th- right. those are the kind of things that you know you, you're you're hoping for. I think those are all the kind of things. But I think you know again, it, it's going to be the same system, which means you know it's still Coriel based, still Coriel language. I'm assuming that it's still going to be uh, a, uh, a an, an office that's going to try to get down the field, uh, which I, I'm sure people aren't going to be upset to hear about there potentially being more of that. Uh, I think that really the changes are going to come in how the game is called in in game and what they're doing pre-snap to help all the players in the field kind of identify what's happening to them post-snap. Right, and the the thing that I'm really curious to see is the different personnel groupings that uh, Kellen Moore uses. Now, obviously we're not going to get the the full story there, but one of the things that you did last year, Landon, that I absolutely love is during some of the team periods, you track the different personnel groupings that were on the field and I kind of went back and looked at your notes from last year, and it was very similar to what we ended up seeing during the regular season. So I'm curious to see, like, do we see more 10 personnel from uh, the Cowboys? Do we see more 13 personnel with the tight ends being split out wide? It, just that kind of stuff. I'm interested to see what Kellen Moore does uh, as his first year as the offense coordinator. Um, let's go ahead and move on to another thing I'm really excited to see, uh, the defensive ends. We probably aren't going to see a ton of Demarcus Lawrence in camp. He had a shoulder surgery this offseason. If he does participate, uh, they are going to probably be pretty cautious with him. But I'm interested to see what guys can step up. We we don't know about Randy Gregory yet, whether he's going to be able to participate. We'll see on Robert Quinn. I think he had some some injury things, but I'm sure he'll be there for most of the time. Uh, I want to see a Kerry Hyder and a Taco Charlton and a Dorrance Armstrong and Joe Jackson and J- uh, Jalen Jelks just to see what those guys look like with more snaps. But what are you anticipating seeing from the defensive ends in this uh, this training camp? Man, what a, what a difference a, a season makes, right? Like, you come into last year, and I think the defensive end position was there was a lot of nebulousness. You know, I think we we knew about Demarcus Lawrence. Um, we knew that we thought that it, we could get uh, Randy Gregory in a spot where he was playing again and playing at a high level. Uh, but now I think you come into this year. Um, knowing that you've got Demarcus Lawrence, knowing that he's you know uh, 
legit confirmed elite defensive end, top of the you know top of the NFL, top five in the NFL defensive end. Um, you you aren't sure about Randy Gregory, but you you know you hear the, the the talk about him reapplying, and you know I think the thought process, at least my thought process, is these players probably aren't reapplying unless they know they're getting back, right? Like, how many times... We, we haven't seen a lot of times where these guys are reapplying to get back in the league and being denied, right? Like, that is... I mean, it, right. Tell me if I'm wrong. I, I can't think no, of... I right, can't think right. of a lot of instances where that's happening. So I, I have a feeling that with the changes and the shifts in the uh, marijuana policy and the league-wide stance uh, on trying to kind of ease usage there... I mean, Gregory is the, the the target for this, right? Like he's a non-violent, no you know other run-ins with the law at all, uh, no other kind of problems off the field or anything like that. His issue is that he's trying to use marijuana, um, almost in medicinal, you know, to, to deal with yeah, uh, some Medicaid, yeah. Medicaid essentially. Um, so I think that 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 also. And, and maybe that enough, that alone wouldn't be enough to make me feel like he's coming back. But there is also a whole bunch of optimism inside the building, like they have the Cheshire Cat grin that they know something that we don't. You know, like it's just we we just generally seem to be getting that vibe from the from them when they talk about Randy Gregory. So I think that there's a good chance that he's going to be back. So that will be one one you know subsection of the news at, at defensive end. The the rest of it is is very interesting by itself too because you mentioned you know Dorrance Armstrong w- with another year and he really showed something last year in training camp. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out here and shows something again this year. Kerry Hi- still only twenty two years yeah, old. Yeah, turned twenty. Crazy young, you know. And, and then Kerry Hyder, a guy who, you know, last time he played defensive end, he was kind of an eight sack guy. I mean, he he has had mm-hmm. you know success as a defensive end, and then maybe miscast in the, at the Lions' defense for the last couple of years. So I, I think he he has a lot of promise to come in here and you know give you a lot of solid snaps at the position. And then you know Taco Charlton. I mean, the first round pick is the third guy that I'm mentioning. You know, as the, from the opposite defensive end. Um, and, and you know, look. I mean, I think a lot of people have kind of written off Taco. They've seen some of his comments on Twitter, and they weren't thrilled about it. Sure. And then you know, they there's lots. There's you know, I think that the Taco is not. And this is my own opinion. Taco has not done a great job of endearing himself to the public. You know, <laughs> like I, I think that there is. Uh, you know, he came into the he came onto the team under a lot of scrutiny because I think a lot of other people, including myself, wanted TJ Watt, um, and I think that there was just a lot of general unsatisfaction about the pick, especially since the Cowboys had had such a long run of, of successful picks. There, this is the year for Taco Charlton to do something. You know, and, and we, you and I, pointed out when he got drafted, like. This guy, if he's going to make it in the NFL, he was going to need three or four years to develop his body and develop his skills. But that once he got to where he needed to go as an NFL player, he could be an eight-year, eight-plus sack guy, you know, if he Mm -hmm. developed well enough. So I will say that we've seen Instagram videos and stuff like that. I mean, you know, how much of that stuff is even viable information? I don't know, but... You know, he looks like he's in good sh- shape. He looks like he's uh, really kind of th- not thinned out, but leaned out a little bit. He's he's got mm-hmm. good muscle. Um, you know, he has been productive on a per snap basis. Uh, it's just the problem is is there's not consistency, um, and he hasn't been consistently on the field. So, 
I, I'm preaching to everyone that we all just give Taco one more year. This is, I think he's, you know, he's, he deserves it. He's, he's under a lot of scrutiny, and as much as we may be upset about, uh, uh, you know, the pick and him, no one ever really gave this guy a chance up front. So this is he now. Wait, he, you're saying people were upset about the pick? Yeah, I, I know. I was shocked. I was upset about the pick. <laughs> I'm, I'm fully admitting that. But what I'm saying we, now we, is, we said we said at the time he was a year away from being a year away, right? That that was kind of I, our stance. I think that's back exactly. If I remember, I remember those exact words coming out of our mouths. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and I think that would put him at right right here. Right, so right. Uh, I think this is his arrival point, and if he doesn't show up and it's not there, then okay, it's time to move on, and 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 let's that's great, but let's give him the chance. This was always it, it's like Jalen Smith to a certain degree. Like the target date, as far as I've been concerned, has always been this this year. So let's mm-hmm. give him this off season. To see, okay, you've been given. This is your opportunity. We've invested in you. You know, you you, you were a, a late bloomer or whatever, a guy that was going to need to develop. You you've been developed. Here you are. Now it's it's time to produce now. And so right. if he does, that's great. Another hit. That's uh, this defensive line will be incredibly strong because now you've got more defensive ends than you know what to do with. Uh, and if it doesn't, then then you move on. And, and Robert Quinn, I think you know. Rob, I don't really need to say much about Robert Quinn. He, he's a steady Eddie player. You know that what you're going to get. I think he has the opportunity to get back up to ten sacks if he has opportunity opposite of Demarcus Lawrence. I think he has that kind of talent. I think other people have agreed with that as well. He's not that far off from doing it. Um, I think it's question is opportunity and health. And and I you know I think he's just a was a solid veteran pickup. That you, you got for pretty reasonable cash as, as a pass rushing defensive end. I'm excited to see Taco because I think the expectations are so low, right? I, I think most people think he's not going to make the team. And all I think he needs to do to, to help this team is he needs to develop into a solid backup for Demarcus Lawrence. If he can do that, he will be fine and the Cowboys will, will have a much improved defensive line. Just develop into a solid backup for Lawrence who can give him what? 25 snaps a game. Maybe that's even a little high. 20 snaps a game. That would be super beneficial to the Cowboys. Um, let's go into a, another thing that I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, and that's the Dak Prescott-Amari Cooper connection. Uh, last year, we did obviously didn't get to see it because of the trade happening midway through the season. I was kind of shocked to see how quickly those two guys uh, you know, kind of paired well with one another. I'm interested to see what they look like this year after a full offseason of getting to work together. Uh, I'm interested to see, does the route tree kind of expand? Is there more trust there, you know, even in contested quarters for Prescott to try to, try to get the ball to Cooper? Uh, just generally looking to see how Cooper fits in. You know, for, for our, the first six years of Dez's career, Dez was always the star of the training camp. I'm kind of looking for Amari Cooper to do the same thing uh, this year. So just any thoughts on Prescott and Cooper, Landon? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a very underrated storyline for this team because I, I think that um, you know he because of the early success, it, I think the teams th- think that uh, or the, the, not teams, but the you know na- kind of national media commentators type feel like uh, that's where you know that's where that's that's what the Dak and Cooper connection looks like, and not that there isn't a whole bunch mm-hmm. more you know headroom to grow. Because of uh, you know an opportunity to work together in training camp, an actual opportunity to kind of dissect what Cooper likes to do, and then add that into the offense, you know, which was a big problem. I think he was having in Oakland. It sounds like based on on what he's saying. So, yeah. uh, 
you know, I think that I think that all of those things are going to factor into reasons. And as you, people are ringing my doorbell to, to bang down because they want to argue with me, uh, but I, I, I think that uh, that there is reason for optimism that there is going to be improvement here. And I think that that training camp and that time together and all that is is a spot where that could likely be the jumping off point for for them to to grow and again it's not even just their connection it's his connection to the offense how the usage right. all those things those are the, all things right. that are connected also i'm looking forward to seeing how gallup kind of adjusts as the full-time wide receiver too uh last year they were trying to fit him into a bunch of different roles kind of having him be in a spot where you know you're not asking him to be the lead guy to beat number two our cornerbacks i think should be very beneficial uh, speaking about the offense, let's talk a little bit about Jason Witten. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how he looks. Does he look young? Does it look like the year off helped him? Or does it look like, you know, maybe this was a little bit of a reach from Witten trying to come back after being out for a year? Um, I'm interested to see how he, go- how he does against the young linebackers in Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderash. Can he get open against those guys? Uh, I think it's also important to look at how he's being used. Is it going to be used? Uh, only as a receiver is he going to be used as a full-time tight end, as just a blocker. Uh, the different ways that they may deploy him, either whether it's outside, uh, you know, flexed in the slot or lined up traditionally uh, next to the tackle. So uh, just something that you're going to probably know right away where Jason Witten is at in terms of uh, as an athlete, whether he lost a step or not. Uh, but what are you looking forward to seeing with Witten, Landon? Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots. I mean, I think. First off, is, I mean, even, I'll just say this, and I think I've talked about this before. Even the last year that he was at training camp, when you watch him get off the ball, he's still the fastest guy off the ball. It's the it's, it's crazy, yeah. you know, and, and, and he's, old, he's almost as old as I am. And I'm old. Is he jumping the snap a little bit? Because he always, he always has like eight or nine yeah, false starts it, it every doesn't, year. Is he jumping it? It does I mean, maybe, but it doesn't matter. Like, he's still the the quickest person. He explodes out of his stance in a way that is just freaky, yeah. you know, for a, for a guy his size. Um, and I think that, again, the, the part of his game that is you know, what he's known for is something that, I, I mean, I, I honestly think he could do until he's 50. You know, it's like he, his stems are going to be slow. But when he gets to the top of the route, he can go three different directions. And, and well, four, I guess. I mean, he can go infinite different directions in all different directions, sure. right? And he's so big and strong. And as long as his quarterback has an idea of where he's going, he's, he can create separ- he can still create separation at the top of the route as well as any tight end in short areas in the league. The problem is, is that he just can't get very far very fast he's not fast obviously you know but when it's time to break he's so savvy and so good at you know using his body also using his mind understanding the leverage of the defender uh, and all keeping you know, understanding the i mean i think that that one play where they draw they drew it up on on you know his, his retirement you know kind of Whatever that was, play against Detroit. Yeah, yep. Like I mean, that tells yep. you all you need to know. I mean, he's run that route so many times that he could run it in his sleep, you know. And still, it doesn't really matter. He's really playing quarterback at this point, you know. And, and I think Zach is adept to throw that ball. I don't think that's a problem. But I just think that 
he has a it's like Beasley in a lot of ways, right? Where mm-hmm. he has a very specific. <laughs> it's like a, a taken. Right? He has a he has a very specific set of skills. <laughs> and that's what that's what it is. Like he he has a very particular specific set of skills and his and what it is is his ability to be sneaky at the top of routes and that combined with the fact that he is naturally a 66 260 pound man you know i think that's enough to be able to still win on crucial downs one on one in the nfl I'm I'm interested to see if the the ticks are still there for Jason Witten. My favorite is whenever he has a bad play, yes. he pulls the jersey he down. He pulls a the jersey bit. down. I, Man, I mean, I, 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 we we the, tracked that, that one year, didn't we? Like, I, yeah, I think that's that's for the real uh, film nerds that are watching it, and you can just tell every time he makes a mistake that jersey's getting pulled and, down. But that's a not bit. the only. Let's be clear, like that's not the only time he pulls down his jersey. He pulls down his jersey more than that in that same manner. Th- that's what threw us off uh, originally, but. <laughs> Every time that he makes a clear bad play, it's it, yes, it's, it's like time. I would say ninety five percent of the time he's clearly the one who screwed up on the play. He he pulls his jersey down like he needs to. I can't wait. It. It's gonna be so nice to see that back I, uh, on the all twenty two this year. Yeah. It's gonna be great. I have um, missed him for sure. All right, two quick ones. Um, Sean Lee, Sam linebacker. I was kind of pessimistic that the Cowboys would actually ever make this move, kind of moving him to the full time Sam linebacker spot. But apparently they're going to do it. It looks like Sean Lee is bulked up a little bit. So just kind of your general thoughts on what the Cowboys might do with Sean Lee uh, at Sam during training camp. <clears throat> well, I think the the whole idea is is um, yeah. You know, I, I I was listening to uh, who was it that was whose podcast was I was just listening to the M- M- Mina Kimes show, and Mina had on um, a who was it? It was uh, Cynthia Froyland of NFL Network. And they were talking about, um, and they were doing like you know a, a divisional preview or whatever it was. And they, they got to the Cowboys, and the first thing they wanted to talk about is the safeties because that's what everyone wants to talk about, right? Because because everyone knows that that's the area that the Cowboys need to improve. And <clears throat> Cynthia Froyland brought up, and I think this is a really good point: is that the Cowboys felt like that they were going to try to leverage their linebacker play more as opposed to needing to rely on that kind of down safety. So I, I wonder if, you know, because we all kind of poo-pooed the idea. And this all ties together, I promise. Uh, that we all kind of poo-pooed the idea initially when we heard reports that they may play more three linebacker sets, right? I mean, we all uh-huh. kind of thought, well, okay, they'll play more base sets, and that's kind of – I mean, at least I thought, well, that, that's really – maybe they're just giving glad-handing – Sean Lee a little bit and you know still calling him a starter and all that stuff and whatever. But the more I think about it, like the more you think about the you know and then you start like listening to other people talking about solutions to modern offenses and solutions defensive solutions to modern offenses. A lot of these guys are talking about using more base defenses because the passing game is existing in kind of the middle of the field and uh, and and that's where a lot of these young quarterbacks are, are feeling comfortable going and, and what does this have to do with the safety the, the point is is that in this scheme tip, typically there's a down safety a guy that's kind of that third linebacker in the nickel package when you've got an extra defensive back in now if you were able to kind of shift these responsibilities around and you had three athletic linebackers who could drop into coverage you know whether it be you know in short areas on slot corners or whatever 
you get more of an opportunity to have a linebacker be that guy as opposed to a strong safety that you've down you put down in the box. And, and you it's, and now you've got a little bit big bigger guys who can handle kind of the, the short passing, who can collapse and on on uh, you know the the quick passing game. Uh, and and for anyone who's trying to throw down the field, that's when your pass rush starts becoming the more solution of, to the problem. So so do you think we could see like a, a package with Obviously, four defensive linemen, three linebackers, and then four defensive backs, but being three cornerbacks and one safety. Maybe you know what I mean, like a, like a nickel package yeah, or, where you replace Heath with Sean Lee. Or maybe what you see is, and get ready for this. Uh, maybe what you see is a three-three, and then you blitz one of those linebackers. So, like Jalen Smith. Who they want to get? See, I think a lot of this is all about you know, and that's what good coaching is, right? Is getting your best players in opportunities to do what they do best, right? Sure. And one of the best things that Jalen Smith does, maybe better than any traditional linebacker in in football, is he's he's a fantastic pass rusher and fantastic blitzer, and those are two different skills, right? But but I, I think you know he could easily if he had an off season he could easily put his hand down on the ground and I think become a defensive end. Um, right. <clears throat> I think that if you have a guy like that in the pass game, it, it you know you, you want to try to find a way to blitz him a lot. One of the ways to be able to do that, especially for a team like this that loves to run stunts and twist and all that, man, you get three of these guys, three def- down defensive linemen. And Jalen Smith, you don't know where he's blitzing, and you're running twists and stunts off of all of that. Uh, you know that's that's a pass like rush, and, and suddenly you know, like and, and but but uh, behind it, suddenly you still have a whole lot of uh, you know good coverage players. You're not sacrificing uh, anything, so I think that that could be an interesting uh, you know package that they could throw out there as well. I like it. I, I like the, all the different possibilities that you could do with this this group. Um, Lastly, and this one we can touch on really quickly, uh, I'm just curious to see how the Cowboys are going to use Tony Pollard. This is obviously yeah. a guy that they targeted in the draft. Um, it sounds like this was a pick that Kellen Moore kind of vouched for, um, you know, maybe using him. They've mentioned Alvin Kamara. Uh, I always think that's kind of a high praise because Kamara is arguably the best back in football. Uh, but I'm interested to see, are they using Pollard as a, you know, a, a, a running back, you know, a guy that they can give the ball between the tackles, are they doing more Tavon Austin type of stuff where it's jet sweeps, screens, get the ball to him in space? Um, I'm not saying that one's better than the other. I'm just kind of curious to see which way they're going to use them. But uh, any thoughts on any thoughts on uh, Pollard as we finish up the show? Yeah, I think, you know, again, we talked about this a lot, but I, I would love to see some 22 personnel with, uh, with or, you know, tw- 21 personnel, 20 personnel, you know, just – I would like to see both these guys on the field at the same time. You get them in the huddle, and then you can alternate. You know, maybe one of them lines up in the slot, uh, one of them lines up in the backfield, and maybe you alternate which one's lining up in the slot, and which one's lining up in the backfield. You see what kind of matchups you get, exploit those matchups, whether it be in the running or the passing game. Uh-huh. You know, I think you take advantage. I mean, Zeke is Zeke, and you want to use him properly, but uh, there's not. He likes to block. He likes doing right. it, and I think that right. I think if you ran a couple different plays a year, where you've got Zeke, uh, you know, kind of lined up on the side of a, let's say on the on a, in a pistol beside uh, behind Dak or something, or like say shotgun where they're both in the backfield, 
maybe you do a sweep to Pollard with Zeke leading as the lead blocker. They would never, see, they would never see that coming, and the personnel on the field defensively would not be ready for it. And Zeke will probably kill somebody. <laughs> that'd be kind of fun. That'd be kind of fun to watch. That's that's really what I'm excited yeah, to see. I'm excited just to see the usage. The, and this kind of ties back into our first point with Kellen Moore. Yeah. What what kind of crazy formations and personnel groupings are is he going to use this year? Yeah, the personnel deployment. I think is you know the the, the pre snap motion personnel deployment. You know yes. the personnel usage, like not just the grouping, but who's in that grouping. I think all those things would be interesting. You know, again. This is a little bit off topic, but Jameez Olawale, I, I, I know your favorite guy. I keep harping on. It's not even that he. It's it's not even about him. It's about the fact that they went out and got that type of guy immediately. You know, a right. a, a pass catching fullback H back type, right? A versatile That's guy. A fair point. That, and then you know they they brought in another guy, the 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 the, the guy, the kid from Marshall. So uh, I think that they have interest in doing something with with creative personnel and, and using players in different ways. We just, we just need to see what it is. I agree. Um, I, I think Olawale is a good kind of test case of where this team is going to be at in terms of creativity. If we see him on the field a bunch, it probably means that that uh, Kellen Moore's got some kind of things up his sleeve. Uh, that was fun, Landon. That was a good show. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And, of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.